Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hello, St. Louis and surrounding areas. You are not listening to another edition of the... uh, of the Dollars and Cents show. No, it's just that voice that you occasionally hear associated with that very show. Yep, that's me, Dave Simons, by day certified financial planner, but by night, well, usually by night, I'm just kind of a couch potato sitting at home reading and watching TV and enjoying time with my wife. But occasionally they do let me out to play, which means I get to come downtown into the KMOX studio and occasionally fill in for an at-your-service segment, and that's what I am doing tonight and loving every minute of it. Uh, well, it's I guess maybe it's a little difficult these days for someone in the financial services business to say they're loving every minute of it. There is that um, question that I'm getting a lot now that every parent would get annoyed with, every kid in the back seat asking incessantly, are we there yet? How much longer? Are we there yet? I think you know what I'm talking about, right? The correction, the bear market. Is this over? Is it the bottom? Are we there yet? By the way, um, I was thinking about this, that question, are we there yet? Not for the market. Back to actually being that kid in the back seat on those long road trips. Really, there's if the if the child is young enough, no matter what answer you gave, really didn't make a lot of sense anyway to the kid because you could say, "Yeah, little Johnny, we've got uh, an hour, about an hour, fifteen minutes." You could say that, or two hours. If if you're like five years old, do you, do you really know the difference? No, it's just okay. It sounds like a long time. My parents had a very ingenious way that they came up with. I think that it's my dad that came up with this knowing that the three little Simons kids in the backseat of the 60s Chevy Bel Air driving from St. Louis to Grandma and Grandpa's house in Kansas City, Kansas, which we did at least two, three times a year, when we'd say, are we there yet? Okay, if he said an hour, hour and a half, would, would we really completely, fully comprehend that? No. So he would frame it in Leave it to Beaver shows which was a staple in the Simons household back in those days. So if my dad said, well, we got about two Leave it to Beaver shows, maybe about two and a half, then we got it. I mean, how genius is that? I actually used the same concept to my own kids when they were growing up in the 90s and early 2000s. Now, they didn't have any idea to leave it to, I guess they knew Leave it to Beaver somehow, but it wouldn't have made much sense to them. But Rugrats did. 
That was their show, one of their shows, but Rugrats in the 90s, early 2000s. So I used that when we would make road trips to my in-laws, which a uh, small town north of Wichita called Newton, Kansas. Some of you may have heard of it. About a six and a half hour drive, longer when we had little kids, actually. But I would say something like, oh, you know, kids, when they'd say, are we there yet? Oh, it's about about two, two and a half, three Rugrat shows. Oh, okay, it's going to be a little while longer. I mean, genius stuff. By the way, you can use that. You young parents out there, you're welcome. But back to today and the task at hand, are we there yet? It's one of the things that I want to explore with everyone today. I think we can start with the obvious and say, nobody knows. Nobody. Professionals who do this for a living have an opinion. They don't know. Amateurs, many of you listening right now who do this on your own as individual investors and you're diligently putting money into your 401k and putting money aside, you might have an opinion. Do you know? Of course not. Nobody knows. However, I think we can come up with some reasonable assumptions by looking at some similar periods in history. It's not perfect, but it's the best we got. And sometimes that's pretty good and can give us a guidepost and a frame from which to work when we try to answer that question, are we there yet? So that's one of the themes related to investing tonight, finances. We're going to talk about inflation. By the way, speaking of inflation, I may get to it more probably at the beginning of the second hour, as I'll be on until 10 o'clock St. Louis time tonight. But in the 9 o'clock hour, I will give you a timeline of what got us here. Unfortunately, because everything is so political these days, we can't look at anything and not make it political. And the facts get lost. So what I want to take some time in the second hour is to really lay out the timeline. Why do we even have inflation right now that we haven't seen in 40 plus years? What happened? How did we get here? And there are things that are beyond the scope of any one particular person's responsibility. I know people like to look at the other side and say, well, it's because you did this. No, it's because you guys did that. Well, there might be some truth to that, some kernels of truth. And if I have to be an equal opportunity antagonist politically tonight, okay. I ask for a little grace in that. I'm not trying to necessarily, in fact, I'm not definitely not taking any sides. I'm just going to give you the facts of how we got here. So a lot of it is not any one person's fault. Some of it might be, or a group of people that led to it. Maybe they had good intentions, but sometimes that can be the road to ruin, as the saying goes. So we'll take a look at that. Um, Also in the second hour, I'm going to look at some of the things that are really hurting investors. And that is, folks, I'm going to push on some people here. Again, asking for a little grace, although I know some of you won't give it to me when we get into conspiracy theories. Yeah, that has some political undertones to it. It really does. But I'm just going to approach it from the side of the financial markets and investing. People use their political leanings to make decisions with their investments, and it rarely works. 
So I want to talk a little bit about that. We'll talk, we'll we'll look at bear markets in the past. I think you're sensing a theme here, right? A lot of what I will talk about tonight is sort of a quasi dollars and cents show, which I've hosted uh, on local radio since 1996 and here on KMOX since 2004. I'm not on as much these days anymore. That is by design as I pull back. So I'm just basically on during the off season uh, when the Cardinals aren't playing. So kind of that October into February, March period about every other Sunday. And then during the summers, maybe on a Sunday when the uh, Cardinals play a Sunday night game. Speaking of that, this Sunday, I will be on the Dollars and Cents show. So if you want a little bit more of what you're hearing tonight and maybe update it and go into a little deeper in terms of how it works with the within the financial markets, that scope, then I'll be back on this Sunday from 3. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. To five for a regular segment of the Dollars and Cents show because the Cardinals are actually playing at 10.40 a.m. this Sunday, Central Time. So it's an 11.40 a.m. game, um, and I think it's Pittsburgh, if I remember right, but it's definitely an East Coast team. So kind of a weird early morning start, even for the East Coast. So I'll be on again this Sunday. But for now, I still have the microphone as we speak. Here at 8.14 St. Louis time. And we've got a lot to get to. So I'm going to take a break right now. And then when we come back, I want to jump right into it about are we there yet? What should you do as an investor if you are still working, if you're within a few years of retirement, if you're already in retirement? Are you concerned? 
And I am going to ask you to put on your thinking cap because I'm going to ask some questions of you. And I really need you to think hard about this. What is the purpose of the money that you have invested? So think about that, and we'll return with more at your service. Dave Simon's with you tonight. Be right back. Well, I know a lot of you are feeling it, what that song says, pressure, right? It is 820 in St. Louis. Yeah, a lot of people are feeling it right now, whether you're uh, just an amateur investor trying to diligently put money away or you do it for a living like myself. You know, I, I'm, a, I'm actually, I guess, I don't know if it's a genetic thing or whatever. I'm fortunate. I'm a pretty low-key guy. I really don't get too caught up in, in, in life's issues. And I, like everybody, have faced my hardships, uh, personal heartbreaks. And I don't know, I've just, I've been able to, compartmentalize it pretty well. And, um, and maybe part of it is, um, the fact that I also am very active with my workouts, which if I didn't have, I think maybe I would go crazy being a a guy who runs marathons, does triathlons, all that stuff. I'm telling you, it is a terrific stress release. But with that said, I've been getting up at about 4am and I just can't sleep. And you, you start to think through things like what can I be doing in portfolios now? What should I be making this move? What do I need to discuss with my partners? What what are things that we can do if this thing were to really fall off the rails here? Which, by the way, I don't think they will, and I'll explore that in a little bit more. But I don't know that 100%. I can't obviously guarantee that for anybody. Oh, no, it's going to be fine. This is the end of the bear market, and things will start going up tomorrow. Really? I don't know that I would trust anybody who is that adamantly opinionated 100% in one direction or another. I know for a fact the market's going to drop another 30%. I guarantee this is the bottom. Don't listen to those kinds of opinions. Now, if they say my best professional judgment is, and then they lay out their case, and here's why I believe that, okay, that's someone you can listen to. But then maybe you counter that by finding someone, and you can easily, on the other side, who's a little bit more bearish. And you listen to that viewpoint, and then you sort of come up with your own opinion and then decide, should I be doing anything? And the answer, probably, if you're well-diversified and you're not overly risk-oriented in your portfolio, you don't have half your money in a cryptocurrency or something, then for most people, the answer is, yeah, I'm not really going to do anything. So, folks, I'm going to ask you a couple of questions here. And I, I really want you to think about this seriously. And you may not have an easy answer. So maybe you ponder on this the rest of the evening and through tomorrow. Because I think when you go deep into trying to answer these following questions, I think it will liberate you a little bit from any kind of angst that you may be feeling about the financial markets and in particular the stock market right now. And I start with, what do you really want your investments to do? Now, some of you very easily and kind of a knee-jerk reaction will say, well, grow. Okay, fine. We all want that. Why? Grow and do what? What is the purpose, the true purpose of the money that you have put away? What do you want it to do for you? Anything today? anything for next year, anything for 10 years and beyond. You really need to answer these almost philosophical type questions. And I think when you dig deep and you realize, 
you know what, this really is kind of long-term. I, I want it to make sure that it's there for me for the rest of my life and maybe even create a legacy for the beneficiaries to whom I will leave this money. You know, okay, now we're getting somewhere. But dig even a little deeper. What's the real purpose? Why are we engaged in this kind of activity? Why are we putting money away? What are we wanting to do? And in part of that equation is we get to how much risk are you willing to take? That's a very, very difficult question to answer. And it's okay if you stumble through that. And maybe you had a different answer a year from now than you do today. And that's okay too. Probably if you have a different answer today, you might be new to this game of investing because if you've been around for a while, you've already learned what bear markets and major corrections can do to one's portfolio. So I think you're probably a little bit more stable-minded in how you've allocated your particular portfolio and the amount of risk that you're taking might be segregated to one very small little corner over here of your assets. Here's what I like to tell people. If, if you are truly worried that this correction, this bear market, if you will, could go even deeper and fall even more, and you see your investable net worth fall more, this is what you need to do today. You need to take 20% off the amount that you have invested today. Do it right now. And I'm going to use a big round number. We're going to make this very easy, all right? For some of you, it'll say, well, that's not very much. Others will say, well, that sounds like a fortune to me. But I'm going to use the big round number of $1 million, okay? You've got a million bucks between your 401k, your various IRAs, taxable accounts. you got some money over here, whatever. It's not your home value, by the way. It's not real estate or anything like that. This is just your investments that if you're not already retired and living off of, well, actually, even for those of you who are there too, answer the same question. Or you're 20 years from retirement or you're just starting out. If your investable net worth fell by 20% tomorrow, how does that change your life? Do that equation. So if you've if someone has a million bucks and they wake up tomorrow and it's worth 800,000, how does that person's life change? If he has had reasonable goals, and is reasonably invested, the answer to that question should be, well, it doesn't really change anything, but I don't like it. That's a good, that's a fair answer. Who, who would like that? That's sticker shock. No one wants to get a statement and look at it and see that you've lost 20%, but you've got to do the stress. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Test. I do it once a year. Once a year, I take 20% off and say, okay, how does that affect my long-term goals? And it shouldn't. 
So I would say this, if you are within a few years of retirement and you take 20% off and you say, oh, you know what? I can't retire when I want now. If I had 20% off today, I was going to retire in a year or two and now I can't. I would say maybe your goals weren't that reasonable. I'm kind of pushing on you here a little bit. But you need to have these very serious, hard-hitting conversations with yourself. And 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 maybe some of you say, well, I already kind of knew that. It was a little bit of a pipe dream. If the market still did okay and I got to an X amount in, in my investable net worth, I could retire there. And I knew the markets were going to have to do well, but I knew if they didn't, I would work maybe another five or six years. Okay, that's fine. That's great that you did that kind of outward thinking. If some of you say, oh my gosh, that would be horrible because I was going to put a down payment on a house. Or now I can't go to college. Well, again, I'm pushing back on you, but I would tell you that you were not reasonably invested then because if you need money in the short amount of time, it should have never been in the stock market to begin with. If you really needed a big chunk of change to put down on a home in the next year or so, that should have never been in the market. So maybe you got caught up in a little greed or you're trying to push the envelope. I'm sorry it didn't work for you. But the answer to the question of if you conduct a stress test and you take 20% off your investments today, that should not materially impact your long-term goals and objectives. It shouldn't. Same with you folks in retirement. Maybe you're already getting a little Social Security. You're using some of the money from your current investments to supplement that. Some of you are fortunate enough to get a pension. A lot of workers today don't have that. So they have their Social Security and their investments. And that's pretty much going to be it. I tell folks, try to live off just the dividends as your income plus Social Security Try to resist as much as you can using principle, especially in the early years of retirement. Later on, when your lifespan shortens and you've accumulated more than you ever thought you'd have, okay, then take your whole family down to Disney World or do whatever. Now you can spend a little bit more money. You can gift things. Normally, I don't like to see too much of that in the early years when people still might have 30, even 40 years in retirement. One more thing, and I'm going to do this very quickly before the next break, but one of the state it's not really a question, it's a statement. Again, I'm pushing back on you here. Some of you of a certain age, our senior citizens, get really scared when markets go down like this and you're ready to pull out if you haven't already because you say, I don't know if I'll live long enough to make these losses back up. Man, have I heard that a lot. I guarantee some of you listening right now have made that very statement. I don't have that kind of time to make up 20 and 30% losses. I, I may not. And I would ask you, why would that even matter? I'm serious about that. I'm not trying to be funny or coy here. But I'm going to use the big million-dollar number. If, a, if you died with a million dollars or 800000 or 1.5, does it really matter to you? If you are still able to maintain your lifestyle the way that you want and you're not cutting back and nothing has changed, does it matter how much you have at the end? If your answer is, well, yeah, it matters to my beneficiaries, okay, well, that's a different subject. Is that really what you're living for? Is that your number one priority? Some people it may be. That's a small number of people, though. For most people, yeah, that's important. You want to leave something. 
but you're not really living for your kids and grandkids. And I guarantee, in most cases, if you are, your kids will say, don't do that. Mom, Dad, you, you've you worked hard all of your life. You put money away. You've saved. you got sweat equity in this. Go live your life. You've got the money to do that. We're doing okay. We'll still get some inheritance. You don't need to worry about us. So this whole notion about I don't know if I'll live long enough to see it go back to where it was is typically immaterial. All right. Are we friends still with everyone? Okay. When we come back, I want to dig into the um, the real story about why the market continued its huge decline this week. Why did we drop close to 1,200 points yesterday? I know we've been in a correction, but why did it get worse today? I'll explore that when we come back with more At Your Service. This is Dave Simons. Thank you so much for tuning us in tonight. My friends, welcome back. It's 836 in St. Louis. Dave Simons filling in tonight. Happy to be here on this Thursday night in, um, man, kind of rocking and rolling weather around the St. Louis area. We actually went down to the basement. Uh, We live in West County and watching the weather tonight and they were reporting Maybe a funnel cloud, maybe something has touched the ground about 141 in Big Ben, 141 in Manchester. We're north of that. We're closer to 141 and and up towards 40. And so we thought, oh, man, got the sirens going. It's kind of looking green out there. Uh, There's maybe a funnel cloud, something touching the ground south of us for a few miles, and they're saying it could be moving north. Yeah, let's go downstairs. But then, of course, nothing. And uh, I like nothing when it comes to weather. And then, of course, rocking and rolling and damage in the stock market and in the financial markets. And last Friday, a week ago tomorrow, we had a really good day. We, we've had some really bad Fridays in the stock market. So that was a very pleasant outcome for the market last Friday. And then we got off to a decent start this week. And all right, things are going good. I'm you know, not calling the bottom necessarily, but feeling a little bit better. And then Tuesday comes around. Good old Walmart reports earnings. And it was a dog with fleas. And that's probably not fair to a real dog with fleas because it was worse than that. So Walmart said, hey, look, we've got all this; these inflationary pressures were worse than we thought. Uh, the consumer now is not buying really the high profit, high margin products because of inflation. They're doing more of what we call the front store items. You know, some food where profit margins are um, even tighter now because of inflation, more essential things. And so the stock of Walmart plummeted, and that's an understatement, plummeted on Tuesday. The stock of Walmart on Tuesday had its worst day since Black Monday, October 19th, 1987. I was a reporter in, in, for the CBS affiliate in Wichita, Kansas at the time, and my beat was the financial beat. I covered financial markets. That's ultimately what helped lead to the career that I eventually got into in the early 90s because I did not study that in college. It was purely by accident and luck. Um, I'm a faith-based guy, so I, I'm just convinced God kind of put me in that area and said, we're going to kind of lead you through here. We're going to start you in the media so you learn those talents and abilities, and then we're going to give you this financial acumen, and you're going to bring it all together at some point. I truly believe that. 
So I was covering it in 1987. I was fascinated by that crash. And I look back and go, wow, that was the last time that the stock of Walmart ever fell that much in one day. Well, we weren't over. In fact, it was about to get worse. Because a lot of investors and analysts alike looked at the Walmart earnings and said, that may just be a one-off. I mean, they really missed it. Walmart execs did not see this coming. And they were really taken to task by a lot of analysts, professional investors. I watched Jim Cramer Tuesday night on his show on CNBC. And actually, it was that morning, Tuesday morning, and he was just apoplectic. He just he took the company execs to task and just said how incompetent they turned out to be this past quarter. They missed it. But were they a one-off? Turns out, no. The very next day, Wednesday, yesterday, Target was supposed to do better. They missed it. And by a long shot. And they reported the same problems. Look, overall, the sales, just gross sales, actually grew. That wasn't the problem. Consumers, by the way, are spending money. That's one reason why I don't see a major recession. We could have a mild recession sometime next year. That's a different discussion that I will likely get into this Sunday on my Dollars and Cents show. But we'll keep it above board right now. 30,000-foot view. I don't think we'll go into a major deep recession, nothing like 2008, because the consumer is still very strong and still spending money. And as bad as the Walmart and Target numbers were this week, the top line was still growing. It was the net because the consumer has started to change his and her buying habits because of inflation, and these companies missed it. So the net revenue wasn't even close. It was the biggest miss in the history of Target in terms of operating margins. The biggest shortfall ever. In the company's history for Target, the biggest shortfall in expectations for that company was 3.5%. Keep that in mind, 3.5%. That's the biggest miss ever. Wednesday, they missed by 31%. Do you now know why the stock of Target also had its worst day since October 19, 1987, Black Monday, the big one-day crash, which is the biggest one-day crash in the history of the stock market? And we had two individual stocks back-to-back in roughly basically the same industry. Miss it. And the Dow, and basically it started with investors going, holy cow, Houston, we've got a problem here. It wasn't just a one-off with Walmart. There is something dramatic going on in the economy, and now we need to pay attention. This inflation stuff, we know it's real. We go to the gas pump. We're spending, you know, $100 putting money into our trucks and SUVs. We know it's real. We see it at the grocery store. But something about those numbers from the big behemoths of Walmart and Target brought it home. And voila, you get a more than 1,000-point decline yesterday. So that's where we are. Are we earnings season is start sort of coming to a close now? We're not probably going to have a, a many more companies report, so that's probably going to fade away. But then you ask yourself, well, what's the catalyst then? What's the catalyst to get this market to start forming a bottoming to this correction, this bear market, if you will? 
and start rising. I don't know that there is anything here in the near term. It doesn't mean that it has to continue to go way down. It could meander here for a while. But what's the real catalyst? We're going to need to see some inflation numbers start to improve. We're not seeing that yet. We're going to need to see that these big box retailers have finally recognized what the consumer is doing and adjust. The problem is these are freight liners, Walmart and Target. They just can't snap of a finger and turn on a dime. Their inventory buildup was huge. Their earnings are going to continue to suffer for a while. I don't see their stocks jumping anytime soon. In fact, just today, after Target fell like 24% yesterday, you know, it fell big again today. As investors said, you know, they didn't just miss. It's more than that. They're going to continue to have problems for a while because they built up all this inventory in big, high-profit margin items that nobody bought. So now it's sitting in warehouses around the country. They're going to have to mark those down. So their earnings are going to stay depressed here for a while, and it's the same as Walmart. That doesn't mean that every other part of the economy, all these other corporations, have suffered from the same fate or will. But that's very telling when you have two big names doing it, all right? Okay, folks, what do I got next? I, I, I'm going to take a break here, but I want to make sure that we're just rocking and rolling here. Uh, yes, investor sentiment. That's going to start to get to the heart, it really will, of... Are we bottoming here yet? I think you're going to like what you have to hear because the more nervous and the more concerned that the average investor is, the closer we are to finally forming a bottom. We'll be back. Welcome back. It's nine minutes before the hour at your service on KMOX. Dave Simons filling in tonight, talking a little finance, investing, economics, inflation, all that, you know, just fun stuff, right? Well, it's, it's actually been on everyone's mind. There, there's no doubt about it. People that normally may not pay attention to it, it's very difficult to escape. And I'm really going to uh, let you get into the very scary uh, crevices of the mind and brain of Dave Simons, yours, yours truly. So hide the women and children here. But here we go. Uh, one of the most important things that I always look at, and it's a central theme in how I manage money, is looking at the psychology of the current state of the markets, looking at the personality and makeup of investors at any particular state, um, particular point in time. Why is that important? Because you will find that when the average investor is very giddy and everything is going great, and they start taking chances, and they may not realize they're even taking extra chances, but they are. And then they start to see their friends and buddies and coworkers and neighbors and relatives starting to get wealthy on things like, hey, crypto and these things called SPACs and meme stocks. And, hey, that's what I want to do. And they don't realize all the inherent risk. And everyone's piling in at the top, and that's where I get nervous. Contrarian investing is real, and it works. Nothing is perfect 100% of the time, but this really works. Conversely. When the average investor is scared of his own shadow, he doesn't want to even add any more money into the market, which, by the way, is a mistake for those of you who are working and and have retirement plans and you're adding into your 401k. The opposite should be true. Now is the time where you should be putting even more money in and lowering your average cost basis in those particular investments. I'm telling you, it works. You got to do it. 
Somebody said the other day who is a uh, professional investor, I know after I make a move, if it makes me get sick and I vomit in the sidewalk, I've made a good decision. Sorry to be so colorful, but there's something to that. If a decision that you make with your investments is easy, it feels too good and it's easy, you might want to hold off a day. I'm telling you, there's truth to this. Contrarian investing. So what is the current state of the personality and psychological makeup of the average investor right now? There are several ways to look at this, and I really want to spend a few minutes on this. So I'm going to start now, but when we come back after the top of the hour, because I won't finish it here at the, at the end of the first hour, we're going to continue this discussion. It's very, very important to understand this because it might make you feel actually a little bit better of where we are in this current corrective cycle. Because right now, we have one of the most fear-laden markets in history. You may not believe it, but it's true. For example, and this is professionals and amateurs alike, on the professional side, the average mutual fund manager right now has 6.4% of his or her assets in cash. Okay, keep that in mind now. 6.4% the average mutual fund currently has in money market. That's the highest level of cash in the mutual fund industry since 9-11. And specifically the days right after 9-11, as managers started to raise cash to meet redemptions. Think about that. Higher than 2008. Higher than March of 2020, when the S&P was falling 35% in five weeks. So there's one contrarian sentiment indicator. Huge cash levels, historically high. That's a good sign. Cash tends to be high when the markets are bottoming and going through the ending of a corrective cycle. Here's another one. The American Association of Individual Investors, one of my favorite contrarian indicators. It is a very non-scientific survey. People who belong to that association. It's a great association, by the way. But you can, if you're a member, you get to go online every week and say whether you're bullish, bearish, or neutral on the stock market over the next six months. This has been around since 1987. 35-year history. When you add up all 35 years, the average bearish percentage is 30.5. For what it's worth, neutral, long-term average is about the same, about 31 and the rest, roughly about 38% is bullish. Those are long-term averages. This week, because the numbers come out on Thursday, so this is as of today, the bearish sentiment today, 50.4. The average is 30.5. It's today 50.4. The average bearish sentiment now has been above 40% for seven weeks in a row. You go back and look at history. When you have this much bearish sentiment, it typically can be a decent time to buy. So you have fund managers with huge cash levels. You have the AAII survey showing levels of bearishness that usually only happen near market bottoms. And folks, I've got more on the sentiment surveys. Several of them will really drive that point home. Stay with us. We'll have much more to go after the top of this hour. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. 
Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.